part one was an absolute blinder. Just wait till you hear part two. Here it is. Um, so when we do, like quote people for gigs and stuff, right? There's always two types of people. One is the type of person that just goes, yep, we'll pay that, no problem. The other type of person is the person who doesn't understand why we charge what we charge, whether it's a lot or um, or not very much. Yeah. We obviously, me and Dave know why why we charge what we charge. We've got to pay for fuel, we've got to pay for strings, we've got to pay, you know, Cars, all the overheads. Privacy, gear, equipment. So one, one this, this is another two-parter. One is why do funerals cost so much? And two, do you get people like... People, are people just so overcome with grief and stuff or do they get or do people get angry about it when you're trying to show them how much stuff costs um so the first one there's a lot of things that people don't need to take into account as well it's it's not dissimilar to what you said so um your strings and i mean fuel's probably a big one for yourselves i would imagine mm. you're thinking about the funeral you're not thinking about when somebody passes away and they live right out in the sticks mm-hmm. and you've got to go there, meet the family, bring them into our care with quality equipment that needs to be checked over all the time and kept in yeah. tip shop shape because mm-hmm. again, there's no mistakes that can be made. Um, you've got the costs of, of, I mean, obviously there's like a markup on things like coffins and yeah, yeah. flowers and things like that. Um, but m- m- not really like it's, it's generally like the professional service. So you've got people, if people want to be dressed and things like that, that takes time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's obviously a, a skill involved to be able to do that with any form of dignity. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got like all of your team members to make the show go on. It's not just the, the twat and the hat walking in front of the car. You've got mm-hmm. a, a team member of a, a team of four that are going to be there at least four to carry the coffin, to drive additional vehicles on the day of the funeral. And then that's just like for the the funeral director's costs. They're going to be different wherever you go. There'll be, you you know, there might be like little family run funeral directors that are cheaper than sort of your national companies like the co-op or Dignity and things like that. Um, Like they can be cheaper if they're getting more work and things like that. But generally speaking, your bigger companies have just got a price band across the board for where they are. Hmm. Um, When you take into account third party fees, that's, like so irrelevant be, to be you going, that's the same yeah in this instance yeah. now it is yeah but you've got like so your crematorium mm-hmm. um you've got like the fee for the actual cremation you've got to pay a doctor to oversee forms to make sure that there's no um suspicious circumstances around the death mm-hmm. um really yeah because after a cremation if the if something came to light there would be no evidence to substantiate any claims oh, wow, okay yeah so if there's any a doctor has to sign a cause of death certificate to say this is why they've died there's nothing underward mm-hmm. go ahead with the cremation otherwise if the doctor won't do that then that's when you come into like the coroner being involved and things like that mm-hmm. that's a whole different can of worms um you've got like environmental surcharges for the cremation to try and keep things as you know environmentally friendly mm-hmm. as possible um in burials you've got the purchase of the plot which is like leasing a bit of land for x amount of years and then you've got the burial fee on top of that for the actual digging of the grave and the Mm -hmm. staff that have got to be present for that um you've got all all kinds of like different optional additions that you can have but even when you want to keep it really cheap it is it is desperately expensive um what would you say that's like the cheapest 
Let's see you're burying somebody you hated or you you, 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 you not you know, really like or somebody you just weren't bothered about you want to just get it fucking over and done with. Christ. Well, you know, that's not oh, laughing, right? Go ahead. Like, you know, parents you haven't spoken to in however long and somebody's like, ah fuck this, just get him in the ground or whatever. What would you say like roughly the cheapest one would be? Oh, that's a great question. I mean it obviously depends on where you go, but in terms of the service that you would want, it would, it's gonna be a direct cremation. You don't want not, to... So that's cheaper than burial, obviously. Yeah, so we, if it's a cremation, you've just got to pay for the cremation. You don't have to buy a plot and then pay for somebody to be buried in it. Right, it's it's one thing. And you don't have to have a service or anything either. You don't have to have a service. Uh, yeah, so what's, so what's like, what would be the... They're like... I don't know what the cheapest one is. And I'm out of the game for about a year, but I'm sure it was like 1,395. So that's, it's, you're still looking at a grand uh, just for someone you And know. that's just for someone to come and take them away and then that's the last wow. you don't even get told when the funeral's going to be it's it's just all done and dusted and then on but the op- there'll be there'll be companies that do it cheaper than that yeah well. on the opposite of that if you want the whole fucking the big bells and whistles Elton John funeral let's say like I don't know why I said that but like you know <laughs> it's, it's still alive it's still alive <laughs> but you know what I mean like it's like the big fucking grand one yeah like your horse drawn yeah or like that. you can get hot you can still do that yeah yeah. So if you're not as not like at celebrity level or the fucking queen or whatever, like if you've got if money's not an option and you're very near relative, what 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 can? There's I don't think there's a limit. You, I mean, and obviously in the north it's cheaper than it is in yeah. like London, for example. Um, I'd say your average funeral for if you said like you just wanted one hearse, two limousines for family members to the crematorium, somebody to say a few words. Um, you, I mean, you're looking like over four thousand pounds for that. Yeah, like, and that's average. Very average up, yeah. So you can start adding stuff on like Brazilian mahogany boxes, and not, I'm just trying to think of like guitar right, stuff. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like I had one of those American cool coffin, a cool Oh man, yeah. I had an American style casket once, and that on its own was two thousand one hundred ninety five. What, what does American style mean? What's the difference? Well, you know, like the big caskets. It's covered in mustard. Oh, is that one that? <laughs> <laughs> Gurgans, gurgans all over it. Say the prize. Yeah, like the big caskets that you see like on American TV shows. Is that what they all are? No. I've never seen a, have I seen a casket? I think I've seen one or two. Have you ever been to a funeral? I've been a, a yeah, a couple. Yeah. I think, yeah, a, a, you, a couple. So, to, to really break it down into um, layman's terms, your coffin's what like dry, like ants to sleep in. No, I know what a fucking coffin is. Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so the difference between a coffin and a casket. A casket's like what Michael Jackson had. Like the oh, so like a big looks like a small boat. Ah, and then it's got like the doors are like, are just mis- like a box. The, the doors are like Mr. Ed, so you can like. Oh one right, one okay. Off. I see. I thought most of them would just be like that. That's why. Because nah. I bought because of American TV and shit. Ah, nah. They tell you what though, ton weird, like. Uh, even they're empty. Proper quality. Do you ever um? Right, I'll, I'm not going to ask that question. No, ask no, it. No. Do you know what he was going to ask? I'm going to ask. What was I going to ask? He was going to ask us if I ever tie anybody shoelaces together in case it's a zombie apocalypse. I really wasn't, but that's Wait, a good question. Do you? Actually, no, yeah, no. that is a good question. That's why I don't wear that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, ask the guy where I can cut it out if it's... No, it's fine. I can't remember what, what it was now anyway. Ah, oh, you can. No, I can't. Oh, um, why are coffins comfortable? Are they? Well, they're all they're, like they look padded and they look that way. Cushions are all Well, I'm not, well, why do they, well, yeah. It's just well, hold on, then. Oh, coffins come down. You must have been in one. There's no way you've been in. Hundred percent. You've never laid in a coffin. Never laid in a coffin. Day one. I would do that day one. 
No. I want it shut. I, I'd try and su- I'd be surprising people at work. <laughs> Does that not happen? Like surely somebody must have laid a coffin once when like I don't um, know Johnny's been on his tea break and he, as he comes back and who are you fucker? I've never experienced anybody laying in a coffin that hasn't been supposed to be in there. No, no. Day one, that's day one for no me. No pranks are in the office. But see, that's how you end up burying people by accident. Well, it starts off as a bit of Start fun. Start with him. Make sure you get him put down there. Day one, I'm telling you. I wouldn't imagine they're as comfortable as as they look. It's a lot of um, a lot of smoke and mirrors. Like, yeah. But because it's a wooden box, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But who would who would want to actually? There's a lot of um, like unsaid mystique to like nobody wants to know what happens when you die. Where are you taken? Like some people do, and you can tell like them. Like the embalming or. Yeah, that as well, man. prime example. Yeah. Um, Barman, because everyone just thinks about the Egyptians. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Is that, yeah, is that not, that's what I was going to ask. Is no, that not what happens? Nah, it's, a, it's, it's not dissimilar to a blood transfusion, really. It's just replacing the body's natural fluid with preservative so that it slows down, like, any changes so that people have got a, oh, really? a bigger window of opportunity to come and say the goodbyes. What's the preservative? Is it like sawdust or something? What's I the... don't know. It's, it's proper chemicals, but I don't know because I never, I never did that. Wait, so you never were you never involved in that at all? Not in that, no, because you've got to be proper qualified there. You can't yeah. just go. Do you think that would freak you out? Not, yeah. not much must freak I've, you out. I've seen it. Yeah, right. I'm aware of it. Um, like before I'd even got the job, I saw a fella being embalmed who'd had a post mortem, and that's a completely Ooh. different ball game. What's a post mortem? They cut you open and oh shit. So if you've been to the coroner, they need, they need to rule out any foul play. Yeah. Yeah, they'll examine all of the organs and things like that. Um, and then basically put you back together for your funeral. Um, and that's like one of the, like if that's a peek behind the curtain that I never expected got before I got the job. Yeah. Never expected to get. Um, and it's like, do you get people who like, say, oh, well, what happens? But then if you did like sit down properly in a professional capacity and explain to them exactly what happened, they'd be like, you know what, I'm married. Yeah, I'm quite. There's something that we've started uh, going down this road. I'm quite happy to take a left. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to get buried or cremated? Um, cremated if they haven't sussed out that water one that they're working on yet, where you just get like blasted with a carcher until there's nothing left. What? What, what is so that? Bad. I don't even know what it's called. <sighs> Look that up. And also, is like, it carcher? How would you even? No, no, no. I mean, you can, it's get one in home base. I, I imagine it's probably similar, to, like till it laser eye surgery, like how the advert said you could get that for three hundred ninety-five pound an eye. But if you did, it was by like some guy in a back alley with a knife and fork. <laughs> so it's called water cremation. Ah, uh, that sounds better. And uh, no, I like the culture thing. Rather than using flames, water cremation uses water and a small amount of an alkali like potassium hydroxide heated to one hundred and fifty degrees C combination of heat, pressure and chemicals break down the body tissue which dissolves harmlessly into the water. It's kind of smart though, isn't it? So hold on, what, hold on. do you get a bucket of water at the end of it like you would <laughs> like, a, like a jar of ash? Yeah, it's, I can see what you mean. Like, What do you get from it? I don't it? think you I get anything. Or do you just get poured down there's the drain? No, there's no waste product so it's even better. So they just like, wash you doing the drain? Or do you get like like a little fucking Hold on. You know like when you go to the pub and you see what the eels look like? The little right. tiny jar at the front of the casket. You get like a little jar of. That's me, Uncle Derek. So it says. Oh, right. fridge. You're not blasted like with a carter, unfortunately. It's not. Oh, man, I was excited. You're putting like a giant. Uh, this giant machine thing here. A bit. What I the guess fuck that's that? a bit like a furnace almost. 
It's called a res a resometer. When we post this episode, we'll post some links to uh, <laughs> these yeah, fascinating yeah. articles <laughs> about the zombie woman <laughs> and this big tank you get killed in. That's cool. Sorry, I know we're, I know people. No, can't, it's, I know it's, people it's, can't read my mind when I'm looking at this, but uh, yeah, that's it's a feature, like, like it's like a big. Then you just get washed down the drain, and that's that's it. But ash isn't bad for the. It, well, the fire is, but yeah, actually, like, like yeah, the, looking at like an hour and a half to two and a half hours for a cremation. Is that how long it takes? A lot of fuel. I thought it was like a, you know, <laughs> like when you light a box of matches. You know, Looney Tunes when like. <laughs> Wiley Coyote when he gets burned it just crisps <laughs> and goes to ash I thought it was like a really quick thing uh, so th- this is it hotter than a pizza oven it's not dissimilar to a pizza oven is it really I think temp- I, I, I could find out for you temperature wise but it's like the, the technique involved is very similar from my experience of making pizzas more than mine. surely it's not very similar to making pizzas <laughs> well you, you've got to turn the pizzas but yeah I, I, don't, I don't know what temperature it is Good question. Fine. That's something fascinating, though. You do often, like, when you start, it's like you know, if you go to the Kremlin, you've just started for the company and say, like, oh, can I, can I, can I have a look at how you do your bits? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like there's like a little, a little keyhole that you can have a look through tempered glass and you can see like the cremation happening. It's, it's just mad. It's like mm-hmm. it's nothing, like, I can't really explain it. It's something that you'd, you'd never really think of. But people would be like, if you offered somebody the opportunity, who's nobody would say no. Like, I, I would there's, say no. there's a certain no, like, curiosity to it. Like, no. Really? What, yeah, man. I'd watch it. I would. would you want to watch a body burn? To it's not like the Looney Tunes. Have you ever watched like wood burning's fascinating, man? Yeah, but it's a fucking like a fire, fire, man. Well, I don't know. No, I, 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 I would say no. Like, fuck okay. that. It says here they get the temperature is between eight hundred <laughs> degrees and a, and a thousand degrees C. What's a pizza oven? Nah, it's like five hundred pizza oven. <laughs> pizza. Is it? Yeah. Don't get me talking about pizza ovens. That's a whole other podcast. That. <laughs> Love my pizza oven. I've never had I've one. I need to get pizza one. Now I'm starting. Yeah, I know. Uh, actually, pizza ovens can get up to eight hundred and nine hundred degrees. It says See, so I think you could use. You know, no, you sorry, start. Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. Oh. Yeah, I just just seeing if you could use one. Sid spot on man, four hundred and fifty to five hundred degrees. And although I see, I don't think the guys at Salt or Creme are just fucking blasting pizzas in when on their days off. Nah, I wouldn't need a pizza out of the creme. That wasn't the question. But, <laughs> but you still wouldn't. Uh, that's yeah. my answer. Yeah. Category. Pizza ovens off today, lads. Ah, the old cremes. Cremes just down the road, down there. <laughs> That'd be a good double business: cremations and pizza. You know, like uh, diversify. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> you got the oven. You do get hungry at funerals, mind. Deceased to pizza. Yeah. Yeah, yeah deceased. Cease it. I like that. You do get hungry at funerals. Right. Do you? I'm hungry all the time. I'm hungry everywhere anyway. But yeah, you can yeah, yeah, funerals do. just for the buffets afterwards. Like you turn up and crashing yeah. them. So, oh, so what do you think is the one thing people do skimp on in, in, in funerals? And what's the one thing you can't skimp on? Surely the buffet anybody gives a shit. You just get a couple of volibonds. But some people don't have one. They'll just say, we're going to this bar. I'm not even organise a, a thing, so which is just absolutely did. fine. Like, yeah. just, he used to go to this bar. That's where we're going if everyone wants to come for a drink and not even put a... Not put anything on. Put a bun fight on. That's, that's, that, was, that was struck me as a funny... A bun fight. ...term for a week. <laughs> um, Wait, yeah, so like, what, what will be the one thing you can't skim on then? Funerals. Um, uh, sorry, the, the, the boxes, surely you can. I mean, it sounds... 
it sounds like I'm chasing ambulances to say, but it's yeah. for me you can't skimp on who's going to be handling the service. Yeah, the yeah. service. Yeah. And That's it's, fair it's, enough. It's not really. We wouldn't be skimping anyway because they're all a very similar price. Mm. Um, but that's like, if if they're shite, then that's gonna ruin the everything whole, else that you've done. Day, yeah. if, if you could spend a billion pounds, and if somebody tips up and they're tripping over their words or they, oh, they, they're they're talking about the wrong person altogether because yeah. they picked up two pages instead of one, then you've got problems. I that would, are def- I would definitely be like awful that. at that. I mean, stress a lot, you know. And this, yeah, the stress of it. Well, that's what I'm saying because. Like the majority of my work's done at home and it's emailed. I, I say, look, I'm going to email you beforehand. Let me know if you're happy with it because it needs to be perfect. Right. And I really set my stall out early that I want it to be better than they wanted, which yeah, seems yeah, counterintuitive. Yeah. But the, it's it's very much like my neck on the line. If, if I keep doing good funerals, then the world's my lobster. But if I make one mistake, word will get round. Like, really? Dim News him, he called our Gary Susan. Aye. Yeah. So um, one, one, you think one mistake would really fuck a lot of things up. It could. Yeah. But that's why I'm so like on it for sending them things. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like check it, and if there is mistakes, it ha- it's come from a place of love. It's I'm trying to do my best with all the information that you're yeah. giving us, and people are like, yeah, fair enough. We sat yeah. and talked at you for an hour, and you try to type everything down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very rare I get it right first time anyway, and I'll explain that to them. I said, mm-hmm. but by the time it comes to the day of the funeral, you won't have a thing to worry about on yeah. my side. And that that helps everybody so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet man. In terms of what people do skimp on, it's a bit of a, it might not be the same now, but people used to um have sort of grand ideas about cardboard coffins. Mm-hmm. They want a cardboard coffin. Just something nice and cheap. Mm-hmm. There was three wooden coffins that were less expensive than the cardboard one. Really? So you can actually get cardboard ones? Yeah. Can you? Yeah. How the fuck would that work? Just decom decomposition wise, isn't it? Is it just like an environmental thing? Well, yeah, but people having for cremations as well. Aye. You can get all kinds of coffins. You can get wool coffins. Wool coffins. Um, how would you get a wool? Yeah, but how, structurally, how does that work? It's got a base. Right. Like a, does, a does the cardboard base. one have a wooden base? Nah. It's how? full cardboard. It's like reinforced. It's really strong then, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it, is, it is weird if you think about the, the fact that we have to like get put in boxes and there's a big ceremony in it. Well, we don't have to. Humans have created, I mean, humans have created ceremony and, and yeah. tradition and stuff. I mean, I'm sure back in the day, people, I don't know how far back in the day I'm going back stuck, here, like 2,000 year, yeah. years or 3,000 years, people were just like leaving chucked, by the tree. Yeah. Leaving chucked in a hole or whatever. Well, you're going to get buried or cremated? I'm a ball about it, to be honest. Just chuck me in the rubbish. Chuck me in the bin. Put it in the bin. I'll do, man. An orange box. Set it on fire. Ah, set it down. I live near the woods. Chuck me in the woods. <laughs> ah, you do. Ah, there's loads of bodies in Chapel Woods. I mean, I had to, I had to bury my girlfriend's guinea pig a couple of couple of months back in the woods. Just do that. I mean, it's dead. <laughs> I, well, I was, I didn't scrape its way out. Like, that would have went in the pizza. Up on your door. <laughs> <laughs> New flavour. <laughs> right, I think we've exhausted most of the stuff we can probably talk about. Aye, well, you've got here that Sid, Sid plays a bit of music. Yeah, well. man, that's what I'm going to move on to next. So when did you start learning drums, and why did you start learning playing drums instead of other things? Oh, I haven't really started learning. I was just banging the flaps off them for a bit of an outlet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I've got two sons. Um, one wanted to have drum lessons, went to drum lessons, and got him a, a Lesser Snight Row mesh kit for 
his birthday. Um, and I had a couple of friends that were in a real sort of ramshackle band that they put together for another friend's wedding. And they just used drum tracks on an iPad across the PA. Um, and when he got his set, I, was like, I messaged one of them and I was like, send us your set list because everyone's got a drum kit uh, and I'll have a look and see if I can learn them from him. Now, they hadn't done anything for five years mm-hmm. and I just thought they were the only people like of, of that ilk that I knew that would give us something to look towards that I could probably catch up with. Like, got a few friends that are professional musicians who I'm not going to be able to hang with just yet because I literally just looked at this drum kit it hadn't even been switched on yeah. so I was like right I'll speak to these guys because um, I knew that if they ever did do anything again they wouldn't be looking for somebody professional they would just be looking for somebody who could hold the beat so they sent us a set list and then two weeks later <coughs> one of them sent us a message saying oh we're going to the studio and I was like what it's like, you haven't done anything for donkeys like I ah, you just like when you mentioned it we we're like we're going to go and have a little practice uh, do you want to come down and I'm like I need brother what are you doing I think it would be like we will rock you or something like that I would just do with my eyes closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, right, we're going to do Fortunate Son, but the Foo Fighters version, and then uh, The Pretender by the Foo Fighters. And I was like, you know, I've l- looked at this drum kit two weeks ago, <laughs> like, and you're asking us to learn two songs with, in in my opinion, two of the most influential drummers of like the last 30, 40 years. Yeah. I was like, yeah, go on, then we'll have a go. And I did, and I absolutely loved it. I think the best, I've, I've said this to everyone forever, the best way to learn music is to play with just people. do it. And yeah. Play with people who are better than you. Yeah. And just get on with it. Like, if you if you sit practicing in your fucking bedroom for five years... It's, it's, not, like, it's not a lot of fun. Yeah. You've but yeah, just get out and do it, man. Haven't been to, like, um, a few sessions just with people. That's good. And then going to, like, jam with a band. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I enjoyed that so much. Yeah, that's cool, man. And and that's that's have you been? You've been to one of Rolfie's yeah. jam nights, yeah. That's what, that's. I think that's the best way. That's how I learn how to play this stuff is by just going watching. Even if you go and watch for yeah, six yeah. months and just see that people aren't scared to get up and piss about, and like it's not taken seriously. It's all an it's an encouraging environment. It really yeah. is. Um, especially if you've got people like me there, Steve Vine, yeah, and people who like have done it for so long and just want you to get up and actually have a good time. Give We're not bothered whether the song sounds shit or you make a mistake or whatever. I think that's the, and that's how I learned. Like when I was coming up, I went to these nights and learned by just like doing hanging, it, and hanging, hanging, with, hanging with Johnny Bow and yeah. Adam Cole and people like that. One. It's definitely something I wish I'd done sooner. I think, yeah, but to be fair, I hear that a lot from people at gigs. Like, oh, well, I really wish I'd learned how to play guitar. Like, Fucking do it, man. Start do it, yeah. There's no, there's no like, he's better than me because he started when he was young. I, I don't think that exists. I think it's like, if you put the time into something, you'll get good at it. Yeah. yeah, big time. Oh, so the, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't worry about learning stuff later on. I don't think it's from that perspective. I love learning now. It's it's, it's a nicer midlife and a less expensive midlife than a sports car or yeah. a, or a, not, when when you a start buy, not when you start buying loads of proper drums, man. That's when you'll learn. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. I'll see Steve. Steve will sort you out. Uh, Although the company I think Steve works for sells very, very expensive drums. Aye, from what I've seen. Yeah. So is it Foo Fighters and stuff like that, like drummers that you're into? Is that like... Um, I, I really, really that. enjoyed that the Chad Smith video on Drumio the other week where he he played Thirty Seconds to Mars without having heard the song. I've seen bits of that where yeah. he's and they, they play under the bridge for him stuff. Yeah, he's done loads of stuff with them because I fell into a bit of a hole on YouTube like after that. Um, 
but yeah, but it's um, me mate Chan, who's like sort of the driving force of the band. He's always one that says, "Come, we'll, come, we'll rehearse this week, that week, whatever." Mm-hmm. Um, and his wife's forty next year, and so he's got me um, and a couple of lads that you might know. Do you know? Well, you know Russ, don't you? Russ Holland. Yeah. No, um, no, no. Do you know Dom Hornsby? No. He's uh, plays keys with a lounge lizards, and he does a bit of a side gigs oh, band as well. Oh, so he play, he, does he not play group training? Yes. No, oh. no, not Groove Train, but I know Michael Lamery. Yeah. I played football with him with the school dads. So he's Kenny. He's as well, he's the singer from Groove Train. Yeah, the bass player, John's uh, from He Groove plays with you sometimes, doesn't he? Because me, he's like, uh, he's the best bass player in the North East. He's fucking terrifying. He's unbelievable. Ah. Uh, oh, man. You'll never, like, you'll never see anybody play the way he plays. That's awesome. Speaking of YouTube, like, I'm of the generation where I didn't have to sit, I, did, I mean, I did sit with. This, how to play guitar books and all that sort of stuff which is absolutely nowhere near as entertaining as YouTube which is free it's changed so the that's, game man it's changed and then, the game big time yeah and then you know YouTube's free compared to having private lessons and stuff like I think YouTube's amazing all this, all the early stuff I learned on uh, guitar and bass and stuff before I went and did uh, the degree was all from YouTube pretty much I oh. started with a couple of books and that so with the drum kit and it, like you can you can learn anything on YouTube, yeah. man. So oh, it's, a, it's it must help you out loads. You can do anything if you can read a book, but YouTube's just so much more accessible. Yeah, and it's it is anything. It's not yeah. restricted oh, it's to music. Yeah, yeah. There's so much how to play, and then if you put how to play whatever on guitar, it's just, mm. just everywhere, man. I love YouTube. I think it's yeah. like the most amazing Class. thing ever. Yeah. I hate it from a parent's perspective because like, yeah. So I, I'm I'm going through a bit of that in a minute as well. Yeah, yeah. my oh, kids are showing some pretty addictive personality traits when it comes to YouTube time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what, what are they watching? Um, just shite. <laughs> yeah. Minecraft videos. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. It's, the thing is though, it, fucking grown-ups playing it, games. It's actual crap. <laughs> it's just crap. There's not like, our parents must have looked at like the cartoons and stuff we watch from our kids or whatever and thought, fuck me, this is terrible. But I don't think that's what we're doing. I, the, the, this stuff is like, there's, there's, it's terrible. There's nothing going yeah. on. I mean, I haven't got this problem, so it's just interesting. Oh, you should see the shit I watch, man. But is that not the... I mean, you've got always who's like, what, seven? Mm. And like, how old are your kids? Mine so, are five and eight. So, so this is from an outside perspective, and I don't know how you look after your kids and raise them or whatever, but you hear a lot nowadays of people just giving their kids an iPad to keep them quiet. And I see it all the time, like if I'm out places, like if I'm, if I'm singing in a bar or a restaurant or something, mm. his parents just, you know, just chucking iPads. And, I mean... You know, I don't know if that's what you're doing. I hope not. But I'm not, I'm not I don't think anybody. Parent. I don't think anybody wants to do that. Yeah, but, but it's it's it's, it's the norm, easy. isn't it? I don't yeah. ha- I don't have Otis full time, obviously, because he lives with his mum. But it, so I, I I can't I, I can't relate to what it would be like to have a. Is that a, not part of the problem? Not, not but like I would never give Otis an yeah. iPad in a restaurant or uh, anywhere. He gets it as an absolute treat for me. Yeah. The, the main time he gets his iPad is when. Driving from here to his mum's house right. is about twenty five minutes. So, but you guys must see that drive. as well. Like I do, like people. Just oh yeah, I don't. Oh, yeah, that'll I don't do that. Give him that. That'll keep him quiet, and you know, it's the it's the Greg sausage roll for the Snapchat generation. Aye, is yeah. what it is. It's just that was excellent, by the way. Stick that, the the, the gator dummy in, and you, you see them with the the little red cheeks covered in pastry. Now it's just like their blue faces from watching fucking Aye. cocoa melon. I know. Yeah. Get them watching drum videos. That's what you want to get them watching. I, do, I mean, I do that with Otis a lot. If we, if he puts YouTube on, I'll see you can watch one thing, and I'm, then I'm going to show you one thing because he's Otis is like mass, massively interested in music and stuff. So I always try and show him something cool, like 
watch what this yeah. band did here or whatever. But like they're gonna want to watch what they want to watch. Yeah. I showed Ron that Chad Smith one because he's he's getting um, like he's obsessed with swearing. He thinks it's dead funny, but he knows that <laughs> it he's is dead. It's it. class. So I, I showed him that and. He loved it, but it was more because, like, when he finished playing, he was like, <laughs> Jazz was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and Ron's like, ah! So how are they getting on with the drums, though? How are they... Are they oh, are he's they, sick, they... yeah. So he's getting... He's preparing to do his grade one exam, I think. So he's uh-huh. got, like... He's got three or four songs out of the uh, the Rock School book that he's got nailed on that he's been doing with his teacher, Joe. Um, he's got exercises that he should be doing he smashed his first stick yesterday he oh, was um, right of passage yeah he was fuming he was like dead upset and I was like I went I was like yes get in you're a proper drummer yeah. and he was like what and I was like and because I showed him that Chad Smith video I was like he did that and he was buzzing and he was like oh yeah and then he went he was like mom look I've smashed my stick and he hadn't even done his work like for his practice because it was like right you've got to do you can do your homework or you can do your drums practice mm-hmm. obviously he's going to choose drums practice Aye. Did he keep a stick, by the way? Yeah, he's yeah, took yeah. it into school today for show and tell. Yeah. Um, so I, he's, he's, he was, what was he doing? Oh, on the morning, like, so when it's just me and them in the house, we'll have a bit of a, like, it's it's not as restrained and uh, cordial an event breakfast. I'll <laughs> smash a cup of coffee and then stick my blood on or something like that, just to get like a bit of intensity up to get them to do what I want them to do quicker. Yeah. Um, as opposed to just asking them and them ignoring us for an hour. Yeah. Um, and I think I'd put it on through the drum kit and Muse Knights of Sidonia came on and I went on and had a bit of a bank of that and he was like, oh, can I have a go down there? And he was like, Aye. And So he, he went and like, just put his own little riff on what he thought he could do with that, which was canny. And then when it came to the night time and he had to do his drums practice, I was right, you've got your exercise to do. He went, I want to try that one again from this morning. Uh, and he must have been thinking about it and he really just started like proper bringing the drums yeah. <laughs> he was going absolutely mental and <laughs> of this this red end of his stick just went flying across the room and he's like oh <laughs> and I was like, get in and I was like right we're not gonna he, he did another one um, he had some old guitar hero drums mm-hmm. sticks um, that he was using for his practice after that but he wanted to finish Night of Sidonia same thing again he banged it off the the, the knob on the top of his uh, the crash symbol yeah Straight off. I was like, right, you weren't running out of sticks. You need to just do your practice. <laughs> we're not allowed to play that song until you get some new sticks. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they're loving it. Rory wants to start. He did, um, I've got a video of him on it yesterday, just doing like, it was as if he was doing a solo at the end of a show. Oh, <laughs> class, yeah. Just five rolls and just, just twatting everything, like kind of at the same time, but not, so it sounded yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's class, man. So is music something you think... Uh, you would ever get to the point where you would take seriously. I don't mean do it. I don't mean do it for a job or anything. But are you going to try and progress on drums and get better at it to the point where maybe you would join a part-time band or whatever? Oh yeah, yeah. Take um, it again and stuff. Um, well, Chan's wanting us to do something with him uh, guitar-wise because he's a little bit spider-fingered. He can do like all the the lead stuff. Um, and I would, like even before I did music, I like well, I used to DJ when I was younger. I taught exercise to music when I was working as a lifeguard. So I've always had like rhythm in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so like strum pattern on an acoustic guitar isn't something that I struggle to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's often encouraged us to be like, we should do like a, a double acoustic thing where you just need to learn the chords and I'll sort everything else out yeah. and do like a bit of backing harmonies and things like that. Um, <laughs> so if you get, if you get stuck or you, you need a B team, because <laughs> he's Aye. dying to do something like yeah. that. Um, and I've got like a 
a bit of a past with like musical theatre and things, so I'm not frightened of singing and obviously talking in front of people for a living. Yeah, surely all that stuff must help with um with what you do now. It's like what you do now is not it's not a gig. Don't get us wrong, obviously, but it it's, is a performance. It's a performance. What performance, you're doing, yeah. like, and one that you have to practice and you have to not fuck up. It's and the like, one that you'll get better at the more you do it. It's, there's a lot of similarities yeah. in what you do to what we do. It's like the ultimate best man speech. I feel like what I do now. Yeah, but yeah. you don't do it drunk. <laughs> yeah. We'll cut, but it's we'll also well, it's it's also the it's it's at any speech at a wedding. Yeah. At, at any given point, it can be re- like as sincere and um, emotive as a father giving his daughter away. Mm-hmm. It can be as funny and shining a light on the 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 bright side of things, or even take the piss like yeah. uh, like a best man speech. Uh, and then obviously we've got like the formality and the finality of the committal, which is very similar to. Like a, a church wedding or a, a celebrant at a wedding doing that bit, it just encompasses it all together, and mm-hmm. and then it is a performance. It's totally is because it, it's it's I could be the best writer in the world, and if I tip up and I'm just talking like this, yeah, like laboured breathing, uh, yeah. and not actually not delivering it properly, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. There'll be times you, I mean, I don't want to put it like this, but there'll be times when you're not feeling your best, and you probably you're knackered, and you you still have to go out there, and you have to put do the. You still have to go out there and do it. It's a queer thing though, because it is quite an outlet. It's, it's a really good, a really good uh, perspective giver. Because if yeah. I'm having a bad day, there's no way it's as bad as what the uh, people yeah. who I'm yeah. responsible for. Or, or, or the kid in the food. box. And when I get finished, I'm like, do you know what? I'm dead lucky to have the problems that I've got. I need to work harder yeah. to uh, make them less prevalent within my life. Uh, and that, that whole thing about making people feel good must make you feel good as well. It is. It's like scoring a goal, man. Like Absolutely. for somebody to smile and say thank you mm-hmm. when you've literally just said the final goodbye to someone that they never wanted to leave them. Yeah, well, that's how can like how how can they possibly be smiling and mm-hmm. and happy about how that's gone? And it's because they've given you they've let you've let you in. So I'm thankful to them for giving us all the insight that I need in order to be able to to curate the day that they want. Um, and then just putting that trust in you because, like, mm-hmm. it's it's not something that can't be fucked up. Yeah. It's just something that you can't be responsible for fucking up. Do you ever get uh, invited back to the, the 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 funeral party wake thing? Occasionally, but it's like you, you don't want to be seen in a non like being non professional as well. I suppose it's just a bit of a queer situation because everybody knows everybody, and then you're just. Yeah. You're just a guy. I'm the guy who did the thing. I did yeah. one. Um, it was. It wasn't a funeral service. It was a. It was like a memorial celebration. Yeah. It was at uh, Kingston Park. And it was for a lad who was about my age. Um, and the basically they didn't want anything about how he died. They just wanted to talk about how he lived. Mm-hmm. I was like no problem. So, tipped up. It was like five o'clock at night at uh, at the rugby club. There was a game on as well. So they had like had big windows. Everyone's like half people watching the game, and there's about. 300 people in this room um, and I tipped up and I'd met mum and dad once and they were so sound mm-hmm. uh, and they'd been suggested as by an ex-colleague and I got on great with them, wrote down everything they wanted, sent them it, they said it was fine and then I'd, um, I'd written him a poem as well uh, and they, I, I got on really well with them because they were like half Geordies and he's, he married an Irish girl so the room was like Half and half, mm-hmm. and that's like my family are, are Irish yeah. originally. Like I'm like third generation or whatever, um, and they knew like places that I knew. So I got talking to them and stuff, and that wasn't weird. 
But the main thing that made it not weird is that the family were approaching me as if I knew. They were like, yeah, because yeah, yeah. of how much the family had given <clears throat> us and how well I had put it together. They were like, oh, so how did you know him? And yeah, I was like, well, oh, I was like, that's such, like it's a mint compliment. It's the best thing that anybody can say to us yeah. if I've managed to put that across. Like not in an over familiar thing because that can be really Aye. quite sanctimonious Aye. as well. If you go to a funeral and say like, he's going on about them like he knew them and he didn't, I don't want to. It's that's a, a very fine line as well. Man. Oh, it's a tightrope, yeah, yeah, absolute yeah. tightrope. And fortunately, so far, so good. But I'm sure there will be times where maybe I will overstep them all. Mm-hmm. But again, I think that's negated by sending them everything beforehand and saying, "Is this okay? Is this him?" Shows them that, that you care, though, doesn't it? You know what I mean. It, it shows them that you're you're invested in it. It's not yeah, just it's another it. job, mm-hmm. you know. And a, a, another thing as well is, it, it, I guess, the isolation that I feel not being part of a team now. I imagine that's probably something that you guys can yeah, subscribe go, to as well. We go through yeah. that, like definitely. But it makes it really hones my skills when I'm meeting people for listening to them better. Mm-hmm. So a lot of stuff that finds its way into my services might not even be a story or a fact about his life that they've said. It could just be something as simple as like the way that a person says goodbye. If they've got like their own special greeting or farewell that they would use often. Mm-hmm. If I can chuck that into a poem or just in the service at the end mm-hmm. as their final farewell, that's a, a really uh, comforting thing for people to, to have. And I think it's even better when it's not expected. Yeah. It catches them off guard, but in a good way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I don't think I'd be that switched on to those little nuances if I was if I was in an office and a, a busy environment all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we took up enough of your time, to be fair, like. I've had a lovely time, thank uh, you very much. Yeah, it's been great, man. It's really been really it. interesting. Really interesting. about funerals and stuff, I knew it would be. Um, I haven't got any gigs to plug. <laughs> well, we did, to be honest, we, we don't... The, the Smith funeral we don't really end. ask whether no, people want to no, I'm going to be... Uh, <laughs> we don't know when we're going to put them out, so we don't ask whether, where people are playing and stuff. I know. Um, but... Uh, catch me at Burley Creme. Yeah. <laughs> on on at seven. Across the waters of the West Road. Greatest hits. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we don't really do we don't ask because we don't know when we're gonna put them out, so it's not really worth seeing where you play and all that sort of stuff. Aye. The whole idea of this is just a conversation. The one thing I'm surprised at is how much our jobs have in common. I, uh, I didn't expect that at all, really. Yeah. Because uh it couldn't be further away, really, you know what I mean? A lot more happiness at uh Yours. my gigs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Some of the energy I play there is. <laughs> Right, well, we'll call it a day there. Thanks very much. Thanks for having us. Thanks, man. Enjoyed that.